0: about Ross and Patrick.
1: I don't care. Yeah, like, who cares? They obviously care about themselves, but who else do they care about?
0: I don't know, I'm not so sure.
1: Maybe we'll have a guest or two.
0: The world's going up in flames, so, like, who cares? Who cares? We care.
1: Gross. <laughs>
0: <laughs> who cares about Ross and Patrick anyway?
1: I'm not the only one (laughs) who cares. Do you really care? Do do you really care? Any second of your life, do you really care? Am I hitting any notes?
0: I mean, you're hitting. Notes. Did I do a, did, did we ever do scales on the podcast? Probably it's been so many episodes now, I can't even remember. No. Is
1: this this might be episode 26. We're so glad you guys are here listening.
0: Welcome to Who, Who Cares?
1: Is <laughs> that good? I think we hit I some notes.
0: I don't think it was good for either of us. And Who I, cares?
1: <laughs> I can hit high notes, I think I'm a better singer in the high register. You're
0: better in your falsetto. Cares, wow, wow.
1: Every second of the night.
0: That is heart, right? I think it's a
1: heart song. These dreams. Well, we sing it as these beans.
0: Yeah, which we're just talking about your butt. Yeah.
1: (laughs) We call my butt beans. Uh, (gasps) These beans. Because they're little like
0: little beans. What is the
1: song? These These dreams. These dreams. Yeah, by heart. Mm, 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 Nancy mm. Wilson, killing it. God, thats they're they're a great band. They are a great band. So many good riffs. And it's a sister duo, right? Yeah. Lead lead guitarist,
0: lead vocalist. Yeah, Yeah, they kick fucking Uh, ass. What was
1: that song on, uh, like, Barracuda's heart?
0: I saw a performance on the Kennedy Center Honors Mm. of her, of them performing, I don't know what Led Zeppelin song, but one of the big ones. Yeah. And, like... Shredding. Wow. And I think it was still during the Obama era because why the fuck would I be watching if Trump? I don't even think he goes to the Kennedy Center (laughs) because he knows that nobody wants him there. Um, And it was like Robert Plant.
1: Robert Plant's a singer, Led Zeppelin.
0: Robert Plant, I'm pretty sure, was like crying. Wow. Like watching. I don't know if it's Nancy or I think Ann Wilson is actually the lead vocalist. Yeah. Like, crying. And I think at oh. one point, a cor- like, a g- choir came out. Yeah. Like, it was, that bitch has got pipes.
1: Yeah. What is that other cool-ass song they have that was... um? Barracuda? Are, there's Barracuda, and there's also in the opening to The Virgin Suicides. I remember one of their songs comes in. Well,
0: Barracuda's in Virgin Suicides. I
1: think there's another song, Magic Man.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one, too. Yeah.
1: So many, those guitar, like... There's something about a really good guitar riff well and that's simple and it's not like there's not like piles and piles of other things going on in the song and it's yeah. just it's just the the riff match with the cool vocals. Yeah.
0: I mean I wanna like investigate them more actually. Yeah. Cause like seventies like sister rock duo. When the fuck does that happen?
1: In two thousand nineteen, we resolved to investigate heart. <laughs> investigate heart. That's what this episode is. Oh my Actually, we are investigating Heart Ooh, on this episode. Good
0: segue, hon. We have such a cool guest.
1: Pivot. We have such a cool guest. We're so excited for you to meet her. Uh, but before we get into it, I was just going to check in with you to see how your week is looking coming up. But it's Monday morning. If, if our listeners are listening when this comes out, it's Monday morning. We're all headed to work. Our new week is beginning. Lots going on.
0: Lots going on. A lot, lot of stuff to prep for for yeah. this week. Um, I have got an audition for a yoga class to be a yoga teacher at the studio that I trained at.
1: And you love this place. I
0: love this place. Um, it's a great community. I feel really at home there. And, uh, I think I would really thrive at that studio. However, if it doesn't happen, that's fine. Yeah. I still love them. I still love the studio. I'll, I will continue to go and I'll just know it's not my time. Uh, and I'm just doing it to practice to yeah. put one foot in front of the other and say I'm ready to be a yoga teacher. Let's see. Yeah. So I audition. I'm. It's basically just going to be a regular yoga class on Wednesday the 16th at 2 p.m. If anybody in Greenpoint, is Greenpoint Brooklyn and
1: Greenpoint Brooklyn at and Green- and Greenpoint Brooklyn. we going
0: to Greenpoint Brooklyn
1: on the diaper barge. Um. That's <laughs> our uh, shout out to uh, Big Mouth on Netflix.
0: Hey, Big Mouth, shout out.
1: Shouting you out, Big Mouth.
0: Anyway, uh, it's at New Love City in Greenpoint, 2 p.m., Wednesday the 16th. It's a free yoga class led by yours truly. Yeah. And
1: uh, all are welcome. Just don't talk to you before the class. No, you can You'll talk to me. You'll be in your zone.
0: No, I'm fine.
1: See, you're good at that. I'm not good at that. I, I'm freaking out before a show.
0: Well, in other, in, other I think in maybe a different circumstance I might be but I feel relatively prepared for this. I, I've been teaching fairly regularly. I kind of know what I'm going to do. Um, I'm sure I'll be nervous before, but I don't think it's going to be any sort of like crunch time where I'm like, yeah. fuck, I really need to remember this sequence. Like that will already be taken care of. So,
2: yeah.
0: um, and I love the teachers that I'm auditioning for. I actually don't feel like super stressed about auditioning in front of them. Uh, and I hope some other people come. Yeah. So it feels like, a real class because that's all i'm trying georgia to
1: goes. do
0: i know me too
1: georgia that sweet italian bird in greenpoint brooklyn we love her georgia we
0: do, georgia we're gonna have you on the podcast soon maybe even roomba will come as per, your, as per your request yes Chase. <laughs> so um that's what i'm getting ready cool. for and i'm going to costa rica a yeah. week from yesterday yeah
1: this is our uh last recording we'll make for a couple of ye- weeks we're still going to have podcasts for a couple years come out the shows will come out monday mornings but we're not going to be recording next weekend so yeah you got another big week after this week
0: Got another big week so if costa all rica. if everything goes up Shit's creek on wednesday i'm hitting the road yeah so it don't matter
1: to go do more yoga training in costa rica To do
0: go more to do go more yoga training
1: see, Jace. <laughs>
0: I sound like I'm on 90 day fiance and
1: you're doing uh, yoga training that is also an improv comedy uh sleepaway camp which, which I'm having so anxiety fun.
0: dreams about already so it's pretty cool yeah
1: you're, uh, I love that you're having anxiety over something that's supposed to spark joy and excitement <laughs> in your life <laughs> Like, oh, man, this sounds oh, worrisome. Mine. I'm
0: like, I'm not going to do it right. I'm not going to do it right. <laughs> um, hun, what do you have going on this week?
1: Yeah, so, yeah, we, we figured we'd do this so that people could see how you could be a part of our lives in real life. Uh, so we want to let you know what we're up to. Um, this week, I'm uh, performing comedy at Penn State University and State College, Pennsylvania. If any wow. listeners out there want to come see me Thursday, January 17th.
0: Hey, if you're listening in Pennsylvania take a look at the sketch call in. <laughs> call in uh
1: and then saturday january 19th i'm back in new york at lucy's laugh lounge in westchester
0: Ooh, welcome to the laugh
1: lounge and that's in pleasantville and that's uh in the evening time around 7 30 and then uh that night at 11 p.m i'm performing at qed in astoria queens queens everybody. come on through uh and then the week after that while well, you're in costa rica I will be performing at uh, Steel Stacks in Allentown, Pennsylvania.
0: Talking about Steel Steel Stacks! Stacks!
1: That's Thursday the 24th, (laughs) and then Friday the 25th, Saturday the 26th, I'll be at Wisecrackers Comedy Club, also
0: in
1: Allentown, Pennsylvania. Oh, you're
0: back. You're back in Allentown. I'm doing three
1: nights in PA, baby.
0: You're going to be
1: in Costa Rica. Who's going to have the better time at the beach? (laughs)
0: I'm ziplining, I'm improv I'm fucking boxing, I'm doing yoga.
1: I'm like trying making, to not cut myself in a hotel bathroom. Oh,
0: God, don't
1: do. Because I'll miss you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> also, by the way, all of those advertisements that we just did, off the cuff. I'm ready. I'm ready for my improv comedy. Yes,
1: you did so great, honey. Thank you. Um, but yeah, these are, uh, these are the show in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania at Penn State this week. I'm actually, uh, I'm, I'm really nervous about, uh, I, I don't know if you have anxiety about yoga class, but, um, I'm realizing we just, we just show up, and right. do the best we can. Yep. These are not crises. These are just stressors. And, uh, there are people who have Actual crises going on. <laughs> it's true. Uh, it's true. And our guest today in this interview you're about to hear, we we love her so much, but she is really a person who has uh, built an amazing life for herself, despite so many curveballs that have come her way these last few years. So that she uh, doesn't
0: seem uh, to perceive as horrific events, but more as like just events, lessons that she's learned. Yeah. Events things that she's gleaned, yeah, things about herself from.
1: And like no victimization vibes no. at all. No, uh, which maybe
0: isn't the case all the time, right? Yeah. But I, I think that she's a, a really self-actualized lady.
1: Yeah. So ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for listening. And uh, please do enjoy our interview with Alexis Hope Crace.
2: Woo!
3: Yeah, I, <laughs> I feel very special with a microphone.
1: Well, you right? are so special. That's why we invited you. We love you so much, which I feel like is a great way to start.
3: Yeah. Oh, we started already. Yeah,
1: I'm rolling. I, are you okay with this just recording?
3: Yeah, I feel very famous. You, you are.
1: <laughs> You're Instagram famous. You're famous from Instagram famous. amongst all of our friends. Like, I don't. I've never met somebody that doesn't like you. Do they exist?
3: Uh, yes. <laughs>
1: All right, that's the first thing we do on our show: is we go over your enemies list.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's a new thing we're trying. We thought we'd start with you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, let's not do that. Uh, first of <laughs> all, I overheard you just telling Ross. I was going to say Happy New Year, but I just overheard you telling her how your New Year started.
3: <laughs> yeah, it was pretty crummy.
1: What were you? What was that?
3: I was uh, I was in the emergency room on New Year's Eve. Um, I basically have like. A mystery illness. I thought at first I had food poisoning, but like ten days later, I was still vomiting Mm. and all the stuff. So I went to my primary care doctor, and they were like, "Oh, this could be like super dangerous. It could be like something scary, like your appendix or something, or your your gallbladder. So you should go to the ER right now because everything's going to be closed on New Year's Day, and you have to get imaging and all the stuff." So I did that, and God. Damn, we were there for, like, 12 hours. Ugh.
1: That sounds horrible. I'm so sorry. (laughs) But the
3: funniest part of it... I don't know that it's funny, but, like, so... Uh, I didn't eat all day. So like in the morning I had some toast because I wasn't feeling well. And mm. then I went to my primary care doctor and she sent me right away to the ER. So all I had had was toast. And then I was there for like 11 hours and they wouldn't let me eat because, oh God. uh, you're like taking all these tests that yeah. they don't want you to eat for because it's your stomach. And so finally after like the test came back, they gave me, um, uh like crackers or Uh whatever he's like here you can eat these crackers but they wouldn't let me go until i was like okay i feel like i'm not gonna throw up i feel cool so i was like i think i feel okay (laughs) and then i got home and like promptly just like spewed everywhere Oh Oh, no! but i was like they just kept me for like 11 hours for this whole thing and it's just like for not and they gave me all these like fluids and stuff they were so worried about me being dehydrated yeah
1: and this is and, have, and I, I'm God. assuming I'm assuming your husband Wei was with you. Yes. That is how I pronounce it, right? No, it's we like Wee, I'm so sorry.
3: Like, um Wee Yeah,
1: okay. <laughs>
0: yeah. We there's so many or ways like you can
3: Nintendo We okay. or just like We as a people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> His brother's name is also We
2: really
1: what?
3: yes how does that work hmm. well he's we min and I his gotcha. brother is Wee ted and so it's Wee kind ted. of like yeah it's like mary joe and mary Jane.
1: and where's so. he? interesting what is his background he's malaysian amazing uh but yeah. so he was so we was with you this whole time he was uh, Thank very God. very romantic right? new years <laughs> so for you guys
3: romantic. poor guy
1: uh well he seems like such a sweet man so. he's the sweetest yeah Aww. he's the best Uh, So anyway, your health is sort of balanced out at the moment, but it's still a mystery. Yeah. Should we just pull up WebMD and the three of us? No, Absolutely. Oh, my
3: God. It's like all the things that it could be that are left are like stomach cancer, all these things that I'm just like, I'm just going to chill and let them tell me what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Especially
0: because you're taking care of it. So there's like, you're doing what you need to be doing. You don't need to like do the anxiety investigation.
2: I already
3: did that and it (laughs) freaked me out. So I'm just letting it go.
1: Well, yeah. uh, we appreciate you coming out here uh, I know. today. What a trooper! Because uh, there's so many other things going on. Um, but but while we're talking about we, I, d- I wanted to just see if you would uh, want to share with us how you two met. Uh, and, and how that all happened. Yeah,
0: give us just, oh like, like, a God. little breakdown. He
3: totally hates when I tell this story. Um, <laughs> well, he ain't here, sorry. We? Well, now <laughs>
1: we'll just broadcast it.
3: I met him on OK Cupid,
1: uh-huh. Like so
3: many people I was, do. like, so not into him and his profile, but he... Um, he wrote me like a really long engaging message and you know, after you get all the mess, uh, I don't know you guys know, but you get all <laughs> these messages from people who are just like, Hey, do you like giving blowjobs? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So like, <laughs> oh, so you're like, somebody wrote me like a really personalized message that said something about my profile, whatever. you like and was, thoughtful. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I like responded back and he had like, we had like a good banter. And so I was like, well, I should just, like, talk to this. This guy looks like a huge dork. I should just, like, talk to him on the phone. (laughs) And he was so funny because when I said I wanted to talk to him on the phone before we met, he's like, I get what you're doing. You want to, like, phone screen me. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, he he gets it. Yeah, yeah. And then when we talked on the phone, he started asking me about RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, that's so
2: funny. And he, like, knew the characters. Like, right out the gate.
3: He asked me who my favorite queen was, and then he told me his was, um, what's her face? The one who was voted off last week. A week before. Le- no, not Little Trees. Like, oh,
1: last <laughs> week, Manila would have sent them home. Who was it? Gia uh, did Gia G-Gun. Oh, G-Gun. Yeah, that yeah. was his favorite what? at the time.
3: <laughs> I know he's like I like the well, fishy so queen hot. that's what he yeah. said to me he used the term fishy queen and I was like I can hang with this person <laughs> that's really yeah, funny like, who are you come quick that, so I think
1: that's when we met I think my first time meeting him was that was it New Year's or was it the RuPaul uh, I don't oh, know yeah, I guess it, was, it would have been a RuPaul's yeah. drag race finale at your house yes uh, would he have been there for that probably, one? probably I but I don't know he wasn't was.
3: living in New York at first so I met him because he was here for the summer when we gotcha. met on OK Cupid he was interning he was getting his MBA and he was interning at a company and we went on this date after I was like okay like he might look weird dorky by my taste at the time (laughs) because I was used to only like um dating guys that looked like they had been in the forest for like 20 years. Uh-huh. And no seriously. You had
1: a type. You had a type. you want somebody that like maybe a rough
3: around the edges Patrick. Yeah. I guess so. I like like really beefy lumberjack looking guys that like never had jobs. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hot.
1: Like like they work in a coal mine but they're not on the payroll. Yeah,
3: exactly. And so he's like the opposite cuz he's like a Twinkie Asian guy Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> So He um We met for this date And You know how when you go On a blind date With somebody It wasn't blind But you know what I mean Like Yeah You just know Within the first Like 30 seconds Yeah there's a chemistry Like situation. right away You're like yes or no And he walked up And I was like Hell no
1: That's so funny
3: And it was just like Something like He had like a man purse on And he was like He was so eager That I was like mm. Oh Who is this loser He was so eager Yeah <laughs> And then I totally relate to that. We went to Washington Square Park on our first date because I told him he kept wanting me to like go out to eat. And I was like, I've done this online dating thing so many times that I don't want to be like committed to somebody over a meal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's get a coffee or something. So he's like, well, let's go sit in Washington Square Park while like bring some food, whatever. We can get like sandwiches to go. So we did that. (laughs) Boy pulls out of his bag. He's like, "I brought us a little game to play, uh-huh. and it was like a people watching bingo." He had like filled out all the different spaces. Wait, of like- he
1: made the bingo board. He made the bingo board, oh and it had That's things cute. like
3: somebody wearing like a shirt that had like American flag Americana on it, like uh-huh. spotting things. And then in the, I didn't pay attention. You know how there's like a free space on yeah. every bingo card. Yeah, he's like. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It says couple kissing on a bench. He's
3: he's like, this one's easy. And in the center it said cute girl. And I was like, oh, God. (laughs) And then the one he gave me said cute boy. And he's like, you don't have to fill it out if you don't want (laughs) 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 to.
1: I think that's adorable. Were you mortified at the moment? I was
3: so mortified. And then I didn't know how to end the date because he was being so nice. So I suggested that we go get (laughs) ice cream at Morgan Stearns. And he got um, durian flavored ice cream. You guys know what durian fruit is? It's like a, it smells like a butthole. It's like, it's literally like the most disgusting smelling fruit. But it's tropical and they have it in the island that he grew up on. So he really liked durian. So he ordered the durian flavored ice cream. And then while we're sitting in the park outside eating ice cream, he tried to kiss me and I screamed. (laughs) On our first date, I screamed no. Ice
1: cream, you scream. Ice cream, don't kiss me.
3: I said (laughs) no. And he was like, "Oh my god, I'm sorry." I was like, "There's children here," because <laughs> it was like a playground park. Which I was, I you know, I was like, "What do I say?" Why, then,
1: why were you so like defensive toward this this guy? Do you think, or or have you? Were I think you always a lot of like it that? had to
3: do with like, I mean, I had to go to therapy over this because I didn't admit he was my boyfriend for like six months. Hmm. Um, it had a lot to do with like what I like my own self image and like what I thought. Like, I wanted my partner to Mm -hmm. be. And so I had a really hard time, like, letting go of this thing. But anyway, after our first date, I was, like, never going to see that guy again. Not interested. And he just kept chasing me. Wow. And I was like, gotta. nobody's ever tried this hard before. Yeah. (laughs) And my therapist kept telling me. Yeah, what did
1: you learn in therapy about it? What did you... What what was, like, the root thing going on? Well,
3: I went to my therapist, and I remember saying to her, like... uh, God, I went on a... She asked me, she's like, oh, how'd that date go? Because I obviously told her that I had a date. And I was like, oh, God, like the whole story. <laughs> and then um, she's like, well, he sounds... Re-. I was like, yeah, I feel bad because he's like the world's nicest person. Yeah. And he tried so hard. And she was like, well, Alexis, this is really good practice yeah. letting somebody treat you well. Why don't you go on a second date with him? And I was like, because I'm not into him. Like, I'm not attracted to him. He's not my type. And she was like, yeah, OK, like you don't have to marry the guy, but it's also like practice... <laughs> practice like just letting somebody treat yeah. you nice. So she was basically like use him for a second date so you can practice this like going out with somebody who's yeah. a nice guy. So I did that on the second date and then I did that for a third date and she just kept telling me to keep going and then finally I was like, okay. And I remember I was like um at one point, it was, like, the fourth or fifth date or something like that. I still hadn't kissed him because I was, like, yeah. really freaked out by him. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was, like, and I was, like, freaked out by, like, doing it in public. I was, like, what if somebody sees me kissing mm. this person, yeah. which is so stupid.
1: Were you in many relationships before this?
3: I had had a number of relationships, yeah. yeah.
1: And those, were did you have similar issues, like, things, like like the physical, like public displays of affection. No situation. It was just with him. Yeah. Interesting. I think
3: it was because he was so different than anybody else I had ever been with. Yeah. And I think there was part of me that felt like that threatened my identity or something like mm-hmm. that. Like mm-hmm. I felt like I was too cool yeah. or something. And mm-hmm. was this
1: in your, was this also your first real relationship like in sobriety? Cause you're, you're sober for what? Yeah, I like would say it was my first,
3: I definitely dated a yeah. lot, but it, it and I dated like for a few months here and there. But yeah, he ended up being my first long term. Yeah. Relationship in sobriety. Uh, and
1: I hope it's OK to mention that. Yeah. Uh, how, how long have you been sober for?
3: I will be sober eight years this month.
1: Wow. wow. Amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. That's like two graduate degrees in it's sobriety. So crazy. <laughs> uh, all right. So you so so you start kissing in public and it's was it like a slow process of like this relationship Going to the next level officially.
3: Yeah, I actually <clears throat> talked to um, a friend of mine, who I won't out her, but you guys probably know her, and she struggled with like similar things that I was struggling with when she met her partner, um, and basically like shared with me some advice and was just like, "Don't let like I forget exactly what she said, but it had something else with like." St- like your partner define your own sexuality and like what you think of yourself mm. and perception stuff. And there was something that just like clicked after that. Yeah. Um, and then once I let go, I was like, oh my God, this guy's like a really incredible person. Like I'm an asshole.
2: Yeah.
3: Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God bless him for like waiting so long and putting up with me. I was mean.
0: Well, what do you, (laughs) what
1: what was it on his end? Why was he so patient? And what he was just like so in love with you.
0: I guess. (laughs) I mean, you are a catch, like, there's no doubt about it, but it is interesting that. I mean, there's so many, like, we're all coming with, like, our history of, like, how we were raised, our past relationships. So we're, like, all doing it for a multitude of reasons, probably. Yeah. But um, did you find that, like, once you actually let go that you were like, I am... I mean, obviously you do. I am really attracted to yeah. this person and want to oh, fuck was, him yeah. and all
2: of these yes, things. Yes, totally. Yeah.
3: And also, like, I make it sound like... I think this is why he hates me telling the story is because when I tell it, it makes it sound like he's a troll. He's a very attractive man. Yes. yes. It's yes. just that it was, like, not... For me, it was so opposite than anything I'd ever Yeah, it was just about type. It wasn't that
0: he wasn't like, he's not not an unattractive person. It's just like, you're not what I'm used to.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. It's interesting too when you start doing that math when you're like with a person, you're like, like I I never felt safe talking about it in this way until I heard Dan Savage talk about the idea of rounding up. Mm, Like you're never going to find the perfect person for you, but you're going to find somebody who's really great for you and there's always going to be things you have to sort of, just deal with but you just round them up in your head to be your dream person or whatever and uh yeah like every relationship i've ever been in i've always been doing this math of like she's great in all these ways but here's like here's like a couple things i can't get over and i would like fixate on these negatives and it would always 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 take me out of being present in the relationship yeah i would so uh, (laughs) i did that okay I did that to poor Ross for years and years. Sometimes Not it still year, comes up. Years uh, and
0: years. I don't know. Well the
1: first year and a half of our for relationship sure the first year and a half. <laughs> I was like it was it was always like this this uh roller coaster of like I want I I'm so into you and then like the next day like lecturing her about how like, you know, in my house if you uh use the last paper towel you fill it. Kill it, you fill it. If yes. you kill
0: it, you fill it in this house. And I remember that not Is going that the well. phrase? That's uh, what he said to me when I, I probably had like flames darting out of my eyeballs. And I was like, what?
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, that's so cool, though, that you eventually surrendered to love.
3: I surrendered to love. Wow. And we're... Yeah, we're in love. And we now you're married.
1: married. Yeah, we're gonna
3: have a he, second wedding. You no are. Sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Over there. <laughs> yeah. In oh, Malaysia. Amazing. Yeah.
3: It started. It was supposed to just be like a dinner because like his family didn't get to come here because it's yeah, so far away. Have you been away. there before? I've never been there. Oh my god. So we Is were going to Is Ted going to be there?
1: Yes. <laughs> amazing. Have yes. you met him?
3: Yes, I have. Cool. He's a great guy. Nice. Um, and he gave a great speech at our wedding. But we are—we were just going to go there, and his mom had said like, oh, well, when you know you guys come to Malaysia, we'll have to do a dinner because like none of our family could come. I guess they have a big family. So we were like, yeah, 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 and it's been like a while. So we started planning a trip, and then we Ted called We Min and was <laughs> like, mom's upset because you guys haven't done something here. And I was like, well, uh-huh. let's do something to like, please your mom you know like I, family's important yeah and so now we're having like 15 tables at a wedding wow <laughs> and like a traditional buddhist wedding ceremony which i have no idea what that means Oh, that's
1: so cool
3: oh that's gonna be so amazing
1: congratulations yeah and like you talked about family so now you have these in-laws yeah. uh so have you have you met them at all in yes. person okay. yeah yeah
3: yeah his parents i've met a few times his brother, I'd spoken to, but only met for the first time when they came here for our wedding. And uh, his brother is married, going through divorce right now, I think. Yeah. Mm. That's other drama that I'm probably not allowed to say. Yeah, can't we
1: win them all. We, yeah, <laughs> we, we don't have to go into all that. Uh, but you, you know, you, you got married in the last year or two, right? Yeah. Um, and you're also an entrepreneur. Yes. Business owner. I was gonna say boss lady, but I think we don't like that term in this house. Or do we?
0: I don't like boss
1: babe. Boss babe.
0: When said by men like yeah. you.
1: Anyway, <laughs> uh you've always struck me as a person who's just like in uh in control, in power, powerful. Uh Wow. Uh yeah, this just, is great. Like, right? just like an amazing an amazing woman. Uh thank you. So <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I guess I just wanted to mention those few things and uh, great. ask you to <laughs> tell, our, else? Tell, <laughs> our, tell our listeners about about uh, Plus Brooklyn. Because uh, when I met you, you were working at LinkedIn, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And were you an executive there? Were you in charge there?
3: No, I was. Uh, I mean, I did sales there. So yeah. um, working with like corporate customers. And I mean, it was a great job. I was paid well. Um, really, I started at LinkedIn early I was like one of the first 20 people in the New York oh, office wow. when I left there were like a thousand in the New York office oh my
1: god that's so interesting wow. so
3: it was a cool ride like I got to build and do a lot of stuff when I was there
1: you sent me a lot of emails in your time They did no I'm just saying LinkedIn did oh. like, <laughs> I was like I did LinkedIn is relentless oh, on the oh everybody emails.
0: talks
3: about that yeah
0: and you traveled a lot for them too right? I traveled a lot for that yeah. job yeah
3: because it was like you know you have clients all over the place yeah. and it was a great experience it was really cool I made a lot of my like best friends there
1: um and you're like that's like your first uh i was gonna say first big girl job but that's like so condescending it wasn't my first big girl job that was was my
3: my first big girl job um out of school was i worked at like the startup um where i started as a sales rep and then i became i started managing their this fast growing team Um, and it was like the fastest growing and most successful sales channel there. So I did that for about six years and then I left and I did LinkedIn for about five years. And at LinkedIn, I was there before we went public, so I made a little bit of money there, and I took some of that, and that's part of how Ah, I started
1: Brooklyn
3: and some other.
0: You've always been like a professional woman.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're you're, a first guest to come on the podcast wearing a scarf, and I appreciate that. You you dress like
3: a professional scarf. You
1: you dress for the podcast you want to be on, not the one you're actually on. Uh, (laughs) Exactly.
3: Okay, you you don't want to know the real reason I'm wearing the scarf, but okay.
1: Well, Well, no, we do. It's like
3: the opposite of professional. I'm really sorry, Patrick, but the reason I'm wearing the scarf is because I'm wearing a bralette and I have big titties, and so it would be saggy in public, and I didn't feel like putting on real clothes when I left. What's a bralette? what I wear It's On basically got boobs. like No support Yeah So yeah. I wore this So that it would guard The fact that my I, boobs Are sagging In case there was a camera
1: That's <laughs> amazing That's amazing I know. I, she, I feel she
3: like She's like there's a camera <laughs> So it's the of professional, I feel
1: like. I love that I just got a peek behind that curtain. (laughs) This is great. Uh, I had no idea what a bralette was.
0: I literally Uh, wear them in front of you all the time. It's basically a bra without an underwire. Yeah, there's
1: no like hardware in there. It's
3: what they used to call a training bra back in the day. And they're very comfortable. And it's like fuck other bras yeah
1: seriously and when we record on sundays we don't expect anybody to show up here with underwires that's okay.
0: fine <laughs> yes this is underwire free zone okay um do you sell bras like these at your boutique no
3: oh okay we don't sell any kind of like undergarments or swimwear really will yeah. that be
0: coming in the future you mm,
3: think probably not in the near future okay Okay, yeah. great. <laughs> uh, Moving
1: on. We're, we're going to get to the boutique. We're going to get there. Kay. I, I, I want to connect just a couple dots. Because yeah. I, so like, yeah, my awareness of you came through the secret cult society that we all go to. Yeah, for And it's not really
0: a cult. We say that as a joke. We everybody. joke. We joke. <laughs> kind when, of. When
1: did, when did sobriety come for, like, when did you qu- have to quit drinking and stuff? Was it after you were at LinkedIn or like before you ever got there? Like how old are you?
3: Well, the first time I quit drinking, I was twenty one.
1: Oh, amazing. Yeah, fresh
3: out the gate. <laughs> yeah. It was in the first job that I was in. And we had a mutual friend there, I think that you oh, yes. know. Yeah. Um, who who um took me under his wing and um, you know, took me to my first meeting. Yeah. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. yeah. Um <clears throat> we've like very we've- I was at the time I was just like in crisis and um I was like messy and I was spending all my money on like drugs basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm, and at the late. time I had like an ex-boyfriend who died. He like committed suicide cause he was a mess. And then I became really messy and this friend of mine was like, Hey, like I do this thing. You could probably benefit from it. <laughs> and, uh, I was not super unfamiliar with the program because my mom had, um, gotten sober in narcotics anonymous. Ooh, shoot. Am I that's supposed okay. to of? Yeah, that's fine. um, so I was not unfamiliar with sobriety that is. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay. Um, so I did that. And then after a while I was like, well, maybe all of my problems were, you know, like circumstantial. Yeah. And cause I got sober so young, it felt like, um, I never really had a chance to like drink or anything as an adult. Yeah. So, um, I used that to justify I never thought of it as like a relapse or anything. I thought of it as like a decision that I made yeah. to just like try to drink. Yeah. yeah. I mean some people say it's like doing more research. So I did some more research yeah. and it didn't end well.
2: Um,
3: (laughs) really, really, it didn't. Um, I mean, mostly I was really miserable. I had nothing to show for the fact that I was like pretty successful person that made a lot of money. Um, and yeah, I just kind of like hit a low where I had nowhere to go. I, I was like, hmm, I wouldn't say I was like suicidal. Like I was ready to kill myself, but I didn't really want to live. Yeah. And I found myself in like a pretty precarious and dangerous and sad situation. And I had one phone like at this point, most of the people who I'd known before who were in my network that time that I was sober had like abandoned me Mm. because I had like kind of was like the boy that cried wolf a million times. Mm. That was like, oh, I have this problem, but like I don't really want to stop. And um, even that friend of mine who had taken me to my first meeting had basically said to me like shit or get off the pot like you can't call me anymore I'm not, yeah. I'm not gonna do this with you so there was um, one girl who I remembered who shared a sobriety date with me and I just called her like when I was like in this really terrible situation I was like hey I don't know if you remember me <laughs> but um, I really need help and it was Christmas Eve mm. and she was like well I'm in I'm at home with my family in Los Angeles <laughs> <laughs> But I'm she tried calling around to find somebody who could like meet me. Mm -hmm. And I guess like she had a hard time getting hold of somebody because it was Christmas Eve. And so she found a meeting that was open and she stayed on the phone with me and made me walk into that meeting. Oh, my God. On the phone into the point where I was like, "Okay, I'm here. She's like, "Okay, now walk down the steps. Wow. (laughs) And then that that was the beginning. And I like. Fucked around for a little while, which is why my sobriety date's in January. But yeah, yeah.
1: Well, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and man, I, I didn't, I didn't realize how intense it was uh, at the beginning. I didn't realize you came in at twenty one first. Yeah. Uh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned uh an ex boyfriend dying. Yeah. Uh, because that's the other thing I, I think about with uh everything I've known about you over the years. Like one of the first. Uh, we've never been super close, but I remember you had an apartment burned down. Right? Oh yeah, like early in sobriety. Yeah, yeah. And like it was
3: like a year in.
1: Almost. Yeah, and I remember just sort of observing that, like through the uh, the lens of like, wow, this thing is happening in this community, and I think people like did people people I was helped so out taken and taken care of. Yes. Yeah, That's talk amazing. about that a little bit.
3: Oh my gosh, I was with. Um, a friend of mine who I had met through the program and um, these meetings that I went to and <laughs> we were um, she had her her boyfriend was in the hospital and so I was with her visiting her boyfriend at the hospital and I looked down at my phone I had like 10 missed calls from my landlord oh and God. I was like oh that's abnormal so uh, I called and he's like are you inside it's a fire upstairs and so I hopped in a cab and I went as quickly as I could um, I was surrounded with people in the like where I was and in the cab that I had known and met um in meetings and so I just like immediately had that support when I got there but the one thing that was so crazy is when I got out of the taxi and like I saw what was happening at my house and it was very clear that like the windows were black inside I was pretty sure my animals were dead if they Mm -hmm. were in there which um thank goodness they weren't dead amazing um but in any case uh I like dropped to my knees and I started crying because not because of the stuff but because I'm like a crazy cat lady and I just kept thinking like these innocent animals that are in there they must be dead Yeah, yeah. how many do you have I had two yeah Yeah. and so I started crying and um this uh friend of mine Janelle came up to me Mm -hmm. And I wasn't actually friends with her at the time. I didn't even know who she was. And she was like, Hey, do you live here? And I was like, yeah. She's like, I've seen you around. And I was like, oh and she's like I live around the corner and I know all of she was a bartender um, who was also sober and she's like I know all of these firemen because they come into my bar That's so, she,
1: hilarious.
3: so she got them to let me inside the building to look for my cats oh my god oh my god yeah and she came with me and they were like okay fine you've got 30 seconds just because they knew her yeah and so then she so went into
1: a burning building well, to and, get at your the, cats. at
3: this moment they had put out the fire but it was uh-huh. like structurally not sound like they weren't supposed to let us in there yeah. so they let obviously it was fine enough that they let us upstairs but he's like you got 30 seconds and I remember going in there and she took a trash bag that she found on the ground because they'd torn everything up and she just started stuffing like any clothes she could see in the trash bag from
2: your your house house. and this
3: is like a girl that I literally like just met yeah that's wow she's an
1: incredible spirit yeah
3: so (gasps) then I found we found the cats they were like hiding somewhere thankfully under I had a sofa that had a little gap underneath it so when the because the firemen came in they tore down the ceilings and the walls and it looked like I was like convinced that they were as I was even in there I was crying because I was like they're dead there's no way and if they were alive they ran out the window but um, they were hiding under the sofa so we found them and I stuffed them in my purse because I always carry these giant purses usually (laughs) and then there I was on the street like okay now what and she was like Janelle was like well come to my house I live around the corner Wow. and she took me in and how, then, long, how long
1: did you stay with her?
3: I just stayed with her that afternoon. She let me put my cats in her bathroom. I posted yeah. something on um, Facebook and another friend who I had also met through sobriety was a touring musician and she was on tour um, in Europe. And she called me on the phone, just saw my post, and was like, "Hey, I'm on tour, and normally I sublet my apartment, but I forgot. Wow! And didn't <sighs> get it together, and so like you can go stay there for the next month oh with, with your pets." That's amazing. And I was like, "What?" And she lived in like this really nice condo building, and so it was like, "That's oh amazing." My God. <laughs> like helped, you yeah. know? It helped.
1: And You're it
2: like
3: w- this program is dope.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, I, so are you from Philly? Am yeah, I inventing that? That's correct. Is do f- people from Philly just kind of like I, I that's the thing about you. It's like you have so many amazing things going on in your life, but then like these really challenging things keep coming up that I, you know, I'm just like, "Oh my god, how is she like just rolling with this situation? Uh is that a Philly thing?"
3: No. <laughs> definitely not. I was just thinking, like, is I this think like it's like a Lexus
0: thing. Like a tough chick don't from Philly. I think it's a
3: Lexus thing. I mean, I think that I think a lot of it was just you know accepting help from people who were there to help and Mm -hmm. it's like you just have to put one foot in front of the other also i grew up in like a weird kind of traumatic shitty situation Mm -hmm. and so to me it was like okay i think i remember when it happened i was like okay like as long like i said when i was in the taxi on the way to my house to my friend stacy i said um I don't care if I lost all of my physical belongings, but I will be devastated if those animals died Mm. because there's nothing, you know, like a sweet little innocent animal. They can't help themselves. And so when they were okay, I just like, it was like, oh, all right. Yeah. Everything else felt like nothing. It's like, those are physical things. Yeah. Did
1: you, and did you lose a lot of things? I
3: lost most things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there were some things that we were able to retrieve, but like most of most of what we had was lost.
1: And the two cats I've met at your house, are those are the survivors of the fire?
3: They were the survivors. That's
1: crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. I didn't think an animal could, like, survive breathing in smoke for very long.
3: Yeah, I think a lot of the damage was also just, like... um water Water, damage and debris because what happened was the fire had started next door but i learned that fire spreads through walls Mm. and so even though it started next door most of the damage came into our apartment and it largely affected our kitchen and our living room area so there was a, a whole portion of the apartment that didn't have any actual fire damage it was more like um like like Debris and water yeah. damage, and so uh, I think that that was part of it. And also, it sounds like they caught it pretty quickly. But I just remember when I was coming in, when they let me in for those thirty seconds, and I'm walking up the stairs. I like looked up. I'm on the top floor, and you could like see the sky. And I was like, "Oh my god, that wow. is wild!" Because they tore down the ceiling because yeah. they had to tear open all the walls yeah. until they found that the fire was out.
1: So that's oh a, year, a year, a year in a sobriety. You get through that, and then. Well, I
0: wanted to say too, though, that I'm sure, like with the cats, like. Being sober and having these animals as like emotional security animals in your first year sober, which is like so fucking challenging. You're like, of course all you want are your fucking cats to be okay? You're yeah. like, you've been through so much of, with me and, like, helped me. Like, please let these animals be okay. And they
3: were. I know. It was the best. Such I was a miracle. so happy. It was, like, the happiest moment. I'll never forget it because I was, like, hysterical when they let me in the apartment and I kept calling out my cat's name, Lola. I was like, Lola, Lola. Because <laughs> she was the only one who responded to her name. Yeah. And then I'm, like, in one side of the apartment and I hear we were with this fireman and I hear... I found her and it's like this big ass <laughs> dude with all this gear on and he's holding his arms out and he has my little cat like squirming in his arms and I was like it was like the best moment of oh, my life oh so my god <gasps> yeah.
1: Lola and what's the other cat Chaucer Chaucer yeah Lola adorable Chaucer. Uh,
0: too
3: bad they kill you
1: yeah cats I'm so <laughs> allergic they, mur- they murder me <laughs> uh, like it's so bad it's yeah. an
0: unfortunate thing uh, about him yeah but <laughs> I'm dead.
1: glad that they survived that's yeah. a that's an amazing story. Yeah. Uh but th- so like but other, there's been other things like um did you you lost your mother, right? Mm-hmm. Uh and that was like a few years ago?
3: That was uh about 5 years ago now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And now more recently your father yeah. passed away. Yeah. Uh, In November. Yeah. So like what, how, how are you <laughs> and is everything okay? Like,
3: I mean, everything's okay. Uh, how am I? I would say this year has been a very rough year for me. I feel okay. Like I, I, the thing about death for anybody who's like lost somebody who's really close to them, like, especially in your nuclear family is it's, um, And I feel like I learned this after my mother died because when my mom died, it was like very shocking and like a lot of I don't even know, like grief doesn't even feel like the right word. It was just really heavy and Mm. sad. And it's like excruciating, but survivable, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. like that's the only way I can explain that sort of experience. And so when my father passed away recently, it just felt like excruciating, but it was also like, like terrible and all those other things. But it's like, I've been through this to know that it's not like this forever and it's survivable. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm doing okay. You know, I think grief comes in waves and, Um, There's also all these other stressors that happen to have been taking place in my life around that. Being a business owner isn't easy. I also still work a full-time job, which a lot of people don't know. (laughs) Which is
0: so fucking crazy to me. I, like, cannot believe it. So,
3: it's just, I think I have a lot on my plate. That's partially probably why I have, like, my mystery illness right now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because the stress can wreak havoc on you. So, I think I'm doing okay, but, like, you know, realistically, it's been a tough year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it's the kind of thing, if you were to, like, put down the job or the business or whatever, would it just immediately incapacitate you with like overwhelming grief? Uh,
3: I don't know. Um, Well, stay tuned.
2: (laughs) Uh,
1: That
3: could be something because I even said like, you know, I still feel like it hasn't fully hit me. I mean, we're in like the very beginning of January. Now my father passed away on November 25th. So it's been a little over a month um, and a half or so. And you know, I feel like uh, a lot of people in my family have been having a very, very hard time with it, and I just immediately went into, like, action mode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, do a funeral and do this and clear out the apartment. And
0: and you have two sisters, right? I have
3: two sisters, but only one of them I share my father with. Okay. Um,
0: and are you older of
3: the two? No, I'm the I'm the little sister. Okay. But a lot of people think I'm older. I don't know if that's because <laughs> I'm more responsible or I just look bad, but... <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm gonna choose that you're a natural leader. Yeah, very leader. responsible. You're uh, responsible. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So talk about these other stressors. So you, uh, if you feel like it. Yeah. So, so wait. First of all, I didn't. I did not know you were like. I thought your full-time job was like. Oh, you did What do you? No. What's your job? Job.
3: Uh. So I work in healthcare. Basically, I manage a client team at a um, healthcare tech company so we work with external partners um, like business development type stuff gotcha and yeah i look after a 10 million dollar business unit it's a lot of work and it like my day job alone is a lot of work and you know listen if i have to have a job it's the job to have like i love what we do i think that like the organization is doing great stuff but it's a lot to carry a business and do all the stuff and work a full-time job. And a lot of people have said or alluded to just kind of what you like, well, when do you leave the job or do you yeah. like putting down one obviously would alleviate a ton of stress in my life? I am positive. Yeah. Um, and that's the goal I think. Yeah. And I've been very clear even at my like day job with my manager too. Like she knows, like my goal is to retire from this job mm-hmm. and basically be in my business full-time yeah and hopefully that's something that i can realize over the next year but you know i part of what allows me to realize that dream without other stressors financially is working the job
2: yeah
3: um because you know getting a business off the ground is no easy feat and so um I think the financial stress that it would put on my husband and I, if I were to quit my job earlier rather than like later and being financially solvent, um, would outweigh the like stress of not working too yeah. kind of gigs. Yeah. So, you know, I make the do the best that I can. Um, I hire really great people mm-hmm. and I try and let go as much as I can of some of like the need to control. Um, and sometimes I like, do shit like I take the weekends off and don't do anything.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: And like, you just have to do that to stay sane.
2: Yep.
0: Well, I'm happy to hear that you're doing that. Yeah. Cause I'm like, do you just work <laughs> around the clock? Like sometimes. Yeah. But, um, but you th- know, when you need to be like, okay, for real.
3: Yes. And no, it's yeah. a quick way to burn out that way. So yeah. like, I just, it's not sustainable. Um, and like also to, I, it's also kind of part of my personality. It's like I am always a person that needs something to do, and I'm a doer and a doer. It's like I have a very hard time sitting still mm. with myself. I've yeah. been in therapy for years over this issue. <laughs>
2: uh-huh.
3: <laughs> like I have a really, I like I'm terrible at meditation and yoga for that reason. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like the most like always mind racing, fidgety person. Yeah. Um. So I'm trying to learn. Um, but that's why you're.
0: You are better at like having two full-time jobs basically than like, say I
3: would be like that is not in my
0: Mm. personality.
1: Yeah,
3: (laughs) It's definitely not my preference. I would like to let it go at some point this year, but.
1: So how did it tell, tell us about Plus Brooklyn? How did this start? How, what, 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 uh, uh, restless thing in you that was fidgety and couldn't sit still made you think I need to do this now?
3: Well, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, I've always been somewhat entrepreneurial. I've always been a boss and like every job I've ever been, I'm always like the person who manages everything, um, or teams of people and stuff like that. And I just kind of like was at this point in my life where I'm like sick of working for other people. So there's like that thing, which is mm-hmm. like a, how can I not have the stress of having to like work for something, some other entity and just like be my own independent self. Um, and then at the same time, um, I had that it kind of started like the ideation around it started around like when my mom passed away it was kind of like the first time in my life where I had this like Oh, like work is so inconsequential feeling like there's so much more to life than this. Like family is really all you have and all this stuff. And I just kind of started like questioning what I was passionate about Mm -hmm. and where I wanted to spend my time. And so I had this idea that I wanted to retire early. I was like, fuck this. I don't want to be working a desk job when I'm in my 40s. Like I just really don't want to do it. Um, and so I started thinking like, OK, I need a real action plan if I'm going to be my own boss and like leave this because eventually it's like, yeah, OK, being your own boss is hard. But like the vision in my head is that I have like a lot of Investment in like different kind of entrepreneurial things that it's enough to carry me, and I yeah. have like a shop manager, like I do now, to take care of things in my stead, and I can like kind of enjoy my life and do other things too. Yeah. So like the idea is I have a bigger balance, and I'm more independent and dependent on my own self in terms of like financial success. Um, You're so smart. <laughs>
0: so I get, are like, you getting this
1: down, honey? <laughs> yeah. You
3: know, like, can you be in
0: charge of whatever the fuck we're
3: doing? Yeah. <laughs> so that was the idea. Was like, okay okay, like I had this idea that like want to be independent, want to retire. But then it's like, okay, so actionably, like, where can I create value? And what can I do? What am I passionate about? And so like it kept coming back to this thing, which is like, I have been fat my whole life. That's not a bad word, by the way. A lot of people are always like, no, don't say that. And I'm like, bitch, yes, it's okay. Um, And so
1: is that like, like the term, the PC term is just fat is what you're saying?
3: Well, a lot, some people don't take it that way. It depends. Yeah. I think that there's been a lot of stigma around the word fat um, because people use it in like a pejorative sense. Yeah. And it's like, doesn't have to be that way. Like, fat is just a descriptor. Yeah. Just like, you've got blondish hair. I don't know what color. <laughs>
1: Strawberry blonde. <laughs> yeah. Light brown. Dirty
0: blonde, brown Auburn. hair. But yeah. it's like the context and who's saying it and how they're saying it. Yes, right? Exactly. It's
3: like, is it being hurled at you or is it just like, I'm a fat person. Right. And <laughs> in, in in the plus size space, a lot of people have taken back that word. Yeah. yeah. So I think like I get to say it, but it may not feel as good if you were like, well, you're fat. Yeah. You know, I don't right. know. Right. <laughs> so-
1: Alexis, you're fat. Now tell me. <laughs> <laughs> World's worst interviewer.
3: So anyway, basically, I was always fat. And uh, I remember when I was a kid. Just, I mean, as long as I've lived, I've always struggled to have and find options like cute clothes, affordable Mm -hmm. clothes. The problem in the plus size space is that um, things are usually prohibitively expensive and or just like horrible and matronly. Yes. Um, Yes. You know, you do fashion (laughs) style. So... Uh, I remember when I was a kid It was like You couldn't find anything Like The only thing that they had At the time Which strangely enough I I laughed at then I was like This is terrible And now as an adult And where I like Buy vintage and stuff I'm like so cool The Delta Burke line She like made Plus size clothes (laughs) Um, and yes, that was like, did. that was it. <laughs> that was like all that there was. And I remember because I moved here when I was 17 for college to New York. And I remember thinking like, well, ev- this has got to change when I moved to New York. New York's like fashion capital. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, no, there really was nothing. And so here I was. Um, you know, at like 32 years old when I launched the store and I still struggled to find like cute options. There was nothing, there was nothing. And I was like, you know what? This is a huge opportunity because plus size women represent 67% of the women in the United States statistically. Well, what is
1: plus size?
3: Above a size 14.
1: And so 67, more than two thirds of women are a a 13 or above.
3: 14 or above. yeah, Yeah. There's no 13. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> Women's sizing is very odd. There's,
1: and there's no
0: odd
3: numbers.
1: Yes. <laughs> weird.
3: I mean, some junior weird sizes. Well, when 579 like, yeah. existed, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Just making us
0: all feel bad, yeah. letting us know where the parameters were. Yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So yes, correct. Uh, Two thirds of the women wow. in the U.S. are above a size 14 and plus size, but they're only represented in about seven percent of the clothing. So yeah, if
1: you looked at like the models on TV or on magazines, that you would think, like if I was an alien from another planet, and that's what I thought I was gonna see. That's not what women look like.
3: Totally. And, and believe it or not, two thirds of the women in the U.S. wear above a size 14. And I am the only plus size boutique in New York City. You know, I was just talking to my dad on the phone before you came over
0: here. And he was like, oh, who are you interviewing? And I was like, oh, this awesome chick. She like owns uh, the only plus
3: size boutique in New York City. And he was like, what? Yeah, everybody (laughs) says that. (laughs) So, and also then they're like, well, isn't there Lane Bryant and stuff? Yes, there are some big box retailers. Which is what my dad said.
0: And he was like, oh yeah, I guess out in the burbs there's like Lane Bryant. Brian and like Dress bar, and I was like, yeah, dad, but those clothes suck. Like she yeah. owns a cute shop that like sells clothes that are like fun and like fashion forward. And he was like, oh yeah, I guess there isn't really much of that. And I was like, no.
3: <laughs> yeah. So there are a few, there's like Elaine Bryant and Harlem. There's like Macy's H&M and Forever 21 and Carrie Plus. So there's some of that, but like, think about it. Like think of all like, you know, we call them straight size clothes b- below a size 14 for women. Yeah, You can find a, goddamn billion of them all yeah. over the city yeah like boutiques and independent shops and all sorts of stuff like that and i'm it for plus sizes there used to be a few others and they shuttered and so i saw it one as like a business person putting on like my how can i make money hat as a business opportunity yeah. and two it really felt like a true intersection of something i cared about very deeply so i was like fuck it yeah <laughs> i'm gonna amazing. give this a go
1: yeah, and do you do you exist online? Like we do, yeah, yeah,
3: so yeah. We have an online site. I'm still trying to figure out how to make that. Like right now, the majority of the sales that we see are through the brick and mortar store Um, and I think that's for a variety of reasons one of which is that you know like I compete with like big box retailers when it comes to the same as some of the same items that I sell and they can afford to put things on sale much sooner than I can all sorts of stuff so I think that's an area that we struggle also because we're a boutique and we have low depth of order just like by the time I get things online they're often turned over very quickly Yeah. so I'm still trying to figure out the e-com piece but yes we do have a website yeah. Well, and do you think
0: that by having it's like an experience coming into your boutique, right? It's like that's kind of part of the yeah the charm of it. Yeah, is that you get to come in and try on clothes with like other plus size gals that are like, let me like offer this to you. Let me offer this to you. Like they probably so many women. That our plus size don't get to have that experience yeah. at stores.
3: I have had multiple people cry, like cry, legit cry, come into the store and cry because it's the first time that they've been able to come into a place and know that all the cl- that there are multiple options that yeah. are made to fit them, that they can find things. I know what it's like to go into even the plus size section yeah. in some stores and not even fit into that. Mm. Like Forever Twenty One runs junior plus. I can't fit into their three X. Yeah. Um. So, like, I know that feeling, and so I think we have a lot of people who come in their first time being in a place that's exclusively they feel like made for them, and that's a really powerful thing. I think it's
0: completely radical and
3: amazing yeah. and fucked. I up mean, it, that it's, it's fucked like, up because it feels like something so that should be normal.
0: Yeah. Yes,
3: it absolutely should be. Yeah. Well, that's what we're trying to do, and so normalize this thing and create more options and. Um. hopefully create space for other people like plus Brooklyn in our space in New York so that women have more options. Yeah. Do you feel like,
0: sorry to interrupt you, do you feel like Um. since the store has opened that you've seen a shift like you were part of the shift or maybe You were just at the beginning of it or like (laughs) sort of seeing that like there are more brands out there that are offering more to 14 and above Mm -hmm.
3: yeah i mean i don't know like yeah i would love to pat myself on the shoulder and say that we had something to do with any kind of shift that's taking place but i don't really know so much as it's something too that i think is being demanded of um, the industry by women Yeah um, And hopefully we play a little part in that And kind of like empowering people um, But yeah there have been Definitely like um I would say like a spate of new designers that I've seen come out over the course of the last year. There's also a lot of brands that are now doing size inclusivity. Mm -hmm. So um, those include like big box retailers like J Crew, for example, that Mm. expanded their line so that they're doing plus. I didn't know that. Um, A few other designers are doing that as well. So I think people are changing. I think that um, retailers are starting to see that they're Is money there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that they they actually ignoring a whole (laughs) faction of Mm -hmm. consumers. Right. um, Because maybe they felt like it denigrated their brand or whatever. But um, I have my own postulations on why people edged out plus size women for so long. But um, finally, I think people are starting to see that. I still think there's a real long way to go. Yeah. For sure. There's like parody or anything like that.
0: For sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And what about like, uh, like, are, are you feeling any sort of like connection to a bigger community through this? Like I assume like there's like uh, plus size blogs and groups and organization and, oh, yeah. and things like that, that are pumped that you exist. It's a uh, really
3: powerful community. Um, the body positive movement, which is not just inclusive of plus size people, by the way, it's like basically people of any size because I feel like, it does happen there's a lot of marginalization for um people who are plus size but Mm -hmm. also too like I mean you can probably relate just like as a woman how much um pressure and shame and all sorts of stuff is placed upon women in these beauty standards to like be a certain way thin or whatever standard of beauty exists out there and so there's a really strong um body positive body positive movement that I think that um we are kind of place squarely in the middle of yeah. as a plus size store that um you know we really try and foster a place for that community to gather and so when we do events and stuff like that um you know we do a lot of stuff that centers around just kind of like body empowerment like as an example we've had some artists that Um, have come to do kind of like meet and greets at our shop that have been, um, very visible in the plus size space, like creating art. We've had bloggers. So you, you mentioned like, I'm sure there's blogs. There's like actually a huge community of people that are bloggers that, um, do like visibility around just like Mm -hmm. existing and being fashionable and stuff like that. Um, we had, um, uh, a girl who's become a good friend of mine, but her, her handle on Instagram is fat girl flow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she's got like, I don't know, 250, 300,000 followers. Um, and she's just, really just visibly herself and looks cute yeah and (laughs) so we like hosted her at the shop and so we try and create I think for me that was really important part of what we were doing it's not just like obviously there's the fashion component but it's really about empowering people to feel comfortable in their skin and their best selves and so much of that is like mixed up in all of this and so uh
1: let's say you you have a, a nephew (laughs) <laughs> or a niece, okay. or a young person in your life, yes. uh, that you notice is just a real shithead okay. <laughs> toward people. <laughs> uh, I was a little bully. I had like this bully phase, and I I would make fat jokes yeah. and I would be mean to people. Do do we have? Do you have hope that that, that we're more educated to like that kind of thing now? Like I don't know. How, I guess how would you? What would you say to a young boy? or person just who's who's being mean in that way. Or have
0: you had an experience where you've, where you've had to be like, hey, person or kid, uh, oh. like I'm about to tell you something?
3: <laughs> I because I've I think when I started accepting cuz there was a long time I hated my body and all sorts of stuff that I think many other women face and it wasn't until I fully accepted like myself for where I was that I felt empowered enough to like talk back to Mm -hmm. like whatever shitty rhetoric or bullies or whatever exists and now it's like second I do it also with like street harassers too, that are like, hey mommy, I'm like, did you think that was an appropriate thing to say (laughs) to me on this public street? Because it makes me feel uncomfortable. I like have this whole thing like ready to go in my head when it happens. And the same thing happens when it comes to bullies. Like I was on the street taking a picture because not just children, grown men (sighs) and women do this to other people. (sighs) I was, uh, we were doing a photo shoot because we do sometimes do like shoots for our website and stuff like that of somebody who was in our clothes and some guy pulls up and he had a car full of dudes he was like some souped up
2: stupid looking car i could say whatever i'm
3: just yes, not going to be mean in return yeah. and uh he's like do it do it he, he pulls up and i'm taking your picture and he's like starts like whistling and being like you know like kissy noises and then like hysterically laughing and i turned around and i said oh I'm sorry. Is it funny for you to hit on me because I'm fat? Mm. And all his friends in the car, everybody looked so uncomfortable. Mm. Yeah. And he kept going, and his friends all were like, "Oh shit, she's talking back to us." Yeah. She's like, like they did not expect that I was gonna come for them. Yeah. And I was like, "All right, cool," because like. I'm married and I don't feel bad about this. So like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so anyway, that doesn't answer your question. Like, what would you say to a kid? But I, personally, I feel like really empowered to take that dialogue head on. I think outside of whatever I could say to any person to essentially like demystify things like fat's not bad or I'm happy or it's not cool for you to say that yeah. to me because like, I think I'm attractive. I don't give a shit what you think yeah. is that there's so many other influences. And I think for children in particular, it starts One with their families and like I think a lot of that stuff and behavior is picked up on Mm -hmm. by kids from like the people that they spend the most time with. But I think more than that, like sometimes you can have like really great parents and that are like really kind and loving, but you hear that all around you in so many other ways. I mean, it's in the media, it's jokes on TV, it's other kids. And so I think the only way that we can change that is like collectively as a society in, um, evolving (laughs) like our behaviors, our images in the media. I think that that's slowly starting to happen. I mean, it is more mainstream that there's like, I mean, I still think there's a, huge way to go but like uh the fact that like plus size models like ashley graham like even though she's Mm -hmm. got like a very traditional like coke bottle shape and she's traditionally beautiful that wouldn't have happened 15 years ago No, no way like you wouldn't see her in a music video with um whatever what was his name uh the Joe Nick Jonas, oh the, yeah, the, yeah. That's, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah she yeah. was like in that video as like his love interest. Like you wouldn't have seen that fifteen years ago. Yeah. So it's like we're making small steps, yeah. um, and now you're starting to see like if you look at like Target ads, yeah, you see some visibly plus size people that don't have hourglass figures. You see people who are disabled in some of their ads. They're just one example of like a brand that's trying, yeah. But like I feel like we need to have that exposure in like so many different areas mm-hmm. um, to I like be it.
0: novelty it has to be like oh that one brand is doing it way to go like you know and there's that sort of that extra like applause yes. to yeah. to a brand that is doing that as opposed to just like well why isn't everybody just fucking doing that you know well,
3: it's just like we just need to normalize these things yeah. so that they become like not it's not like a you know it's like, I, it doesn't phase me as much anymore, but I was really shocked in the beginning on our social media on Plus Brooklyn when we started posting things and some like little kid came and posted, I mean, I found out because I like stalked the shit out of him. <laughs> he posted a comment on one of the pictures that I was wearing a dress and he said, who painted a dress on that cow? Do you know what I did? Mm. I went to his page, found him, looked him up, contacted his mother on Facebook. Yes! Sent the screenshot, right? It's like, you raised this child she yeah. was so apologetic and yeah. you know, whatever. But like, let's talk about it. Yes. Yeah. Like,
0: why why did your son do that? Like, yeah. let's have a dialogue yeah. about this.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting because hopefully it did even if it just led to her saying like, hey, you can't talk to strangers on the Internet that way. Like, that's a huge victory. Yeah. Um.
3: She was so mortified. <laughs> I'm it, sure. It's,
1: I'm sure. It's uh, it kind of sucks that you you know, people who are people who have to like they're on the receiving end of this shit like you have to be the one to kind of get the ball back in their court to to produce some kind of dialogue or whatever but uh it says so much about you that like you you can't you're able to do that and you're uh strong enough to um yeah like I, you're empowered to just like really
3: yeah you know the kind of bully shit that I hate on the internet that exists mostly for plus size people it's like the concerned trolls like the people who are like you're cute and everything and that outfit's great but what about your health you're gonna have a heart attack and it's like because you really give a fuck about my health
1: yeah Yeah. 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 like that's
3: not what this is about yeah
1: I remember you had that uh, piece about receiving like you want a contest for some kind of loan right like small business oh my god that was Uh, such a
3: nightmare (laughs) this new
1: york city it was like a new york city contest you applied for for small a small business loan and then there's this beautiful video about it you were on was it new york one
3: it it was um specifically where it got picked up by like the alt Right, was from uh, Now This,
1: is, right. which is like yes. a liberal, yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah, so like then all these weirdos in the comments went crazy, and we, I remember Ross and I going through, like reading them, we're just like, God, this fucking sucks that this is the shit that... You try to do something good in the world and you like people will find a way to be really shitty about it.
3: There was actually a 10 minute long video made by somebody from the alt-right. Did you guys see that? Yes, that's what I watched. I I called taxpayer funded obesity boutique. I couldn't get through it. (laughs) (laughs) Like I think I only watched a couple of minutes because I was so angry. It has like 200,000 views and thousands of comments of people (laughs) that are like, uh... You know, making stupid comments. She should die. I mean, I called the police.
2: Yeah. Not because. Well, I I called
3: the city first because I was like, "Y'all gave me this press, and you didn't even give me." Basically, I'm very thankful. Thank you to the city of New York for (laughs) loan matching on my crowd funded Kiva loan. Yeah. But it was $500 that became $1,000, and it's a loan, so we repay it zero interest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Fantastic. Great. you pay it back. And and so they they took this opportunity because it's a great program that the city has that funds women and minority-owned businesses Mm -hmm. for these, like, no-interest loans. God forbid. Yeah. (laughs) And so they wanted to... They they really liked the fact that we were a brick-and-mortar store, and so they wanted to highlight, like, hey, this program, like, other people can go for it, too. So they had the deputy mayor come to my place. They, like, did all this press. We got in the cut in... in Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it became a lot of great press for me. And then it was the picked up by now this which made it sound as if i was getting a grant yeah Mm. and then that was picked up by this like crazy alt-right leader he has like a cult following on youtube of of hundreds of thousands of people and he made a video called taxpayer funded obesity boutique and he made it sound like they were funding my business
2: yeah
3: um and so anyway after it happened i called the city and was like yo y'all got me into this mess. <laughs> help me. Can you get me a lawyer? I was like, Do you? does the city Good have for resources you. for small businesses? Can you get me a lawyer to help, you know, because yeah. this is defamation. Yeah. Um, and they helped me. They were great. They were, were actually really great. That's a big plug. New York City has incredible resources for small business owners and they really yeah. try and invest in them.
1: Oh, that's, that's cool. That's yeah.
0: amazing to hear. But my God, the human trash yeah. <laughs> that is out there that is trying to Oh, I just it makes me so upset and I'm like not even involved in your business. <laughs> it's just like my brain can't like wrap around the waste of energy and time yeah. that you have to and put hate, forth to hate, deal the and like
1: of,
3: Well, I just remember thinking when it happened I was like, "Wait, what the fuck how does I was like I feel like sometimes I'm in a Seinfeld episode like how does this happen to me (laughs)
2: like I'm just
3: like some little old like girl girl homegirl I'm a cat lady in Brooklyn
0: I I
2: own a store I own a store
3: (laughs) and here I am getting like national attention from the alt-right and all these craziest uh, people that were like sending me hate mail it
1: was like I was like this is so weird but like yet she persisted and yet she persisted like you are a her sister like all the things that we talked about that you've been through and like here you are like on time like cheery happy to be a part of this are people not usually online well no
0: but i guess i like i think that you and i are very different when it comes to like work ethic (laughs) like not to say that i haven't worked really hard at things but like if I'm working the way you're working and, like, I'm not feeling well, you better believe I'm canceling this podcast <laughs> episode. Like, I am definitely not showing up on time. And I'm like, oh. is there a reschedule? Like, do I have a one reschedule in me? Yeah. You know, like, it's an it's a, it's a testament to your character and that, like, this is just who you, you are. Yeah, it's,
1: it seems like you really show up. Like, yeah. when it's time to show up, you show up because that's your job. But then these crazy things happen and you... You keep you keep it moving, and it's really amazing. Because not
3: everyone does
0: keep it moving.
3: Like, well, you can say one foot in front of the other, but I don't... But I also feel like I've always felt very taken care of. Like, I wouldn't give myself all that credit. you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, when the thing with the fire happened, I was, like, so incredibly taken care of by, like, this community, yeah. the sobriety community that I have, by my coworkers. But you
1: you asked for help, too. Like, like the thing that got me thinking... I think that's what thinking... it is. It's letting people in. Yeah. Yes. And the thing that yes. got me thinking on this train of thought is that you were like this these people are harassing me online i'm gonna see if the city can get me a lawyer like the fact that you knew you know i'm just gonna see what my options are and ask about this stuff Is so huge like it took me so long into life and even now i struggle with that uh but i just recently in life got good at like Get like asking for and receiving help sometimes, you know.
3: Well, I don't know. I've just always felt really carried. Like when that all happened, I was getting like negative. I was getting all these people who were leaving negative, like one star reviews of my business on Yelp and Google, and they were fake. They were men. Yeah. They were people who've clearly never been in. But Google and Yelp wouldn't to fuck delete with them. the
1: analytics. Yeah. He, well.
3: Google and Yelp wouldn't delete them because there was no way to, like, prove that it was just some, like, crazy right. person. Um, and, well, they deleted some because it was, like, there was... They do have there some was, algorithms like, that can tell something. when there's, like, a lot in, And, like, just there was, like, one that was, like, this place is trash. <laughs> so... But, well, I see your point. <laughs> but these things mean a lot to small business reviews. Yeah. yeah. So I posted something. I wasn't asking anybody for any reviews. I posted something on... Our social media and on my personal social media, like, oh my god, this happened, and (laughs) I was literally like overwhelmed with like people who came and left us like five star reviews. Yeah. I wasn't like, say something nice about me yeah. to the extent that somebody who works at Yelp was like, that was stupid because people are going to think they're all fake because it all happened in the same week. And I was like, whatever. But
1: <laughs> Wow. Customer service at Yelp. Maybe <laughs> Yelp. Should somebody, Yelp? somebody should leave them a Yelp review. <laughs> I'm
3: Yelping
0: Yelp. Yeah, enough.
1: Well- anyway. <laughs> We uh we've been chatting for over an hour now. Oh my god, uh, time flies. Well, there's, we I just
0: have a couple
1: are in love, and I was gonna ask you both if either of you had anything else. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I think there is something I wanted to bring up too, that within the plus size community, um, there are a lot of women that maybe do not they don't wanna identify with that community. Yes. And so there's like a lot of like Self hate and then oh, projection. Yes. Oh yes, coming onto you, which you're like, what? Like you're like welcome. Like mm-hmm. there's this sense of um, there's this comedian who I love named Aaron Gibson who just came out with a book called Feminasty, um, Ooh. which I haven't read but I'm dying to read. And her um, her inscription is that what it's called to the page, like the front page where you yeah, know, like dedicate, yeah, dedication to the book um is to all women you're not my uh you are not my competition. Aww. And I was just like I love that. I
2: was like ah. yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: And I was thinking because I just saw that today and I was thinking about that with you coming over here and that it's like that's the part that saddens me most probably is yeah. hearing like and I and I've experienced it a lot too with my mom who's like always on a diet, never happy with where she is. Well, you know, this whole idea of not giving up certain clothes because I want to, like, get to this aspirational place. Oh, yes. And I, you know, I am blessed in that department. I've literally been the same size for most of my life. And, you know, people, like, my mom doesn't necessarily want to hear it from me when I'm just like, Mom, like, embrace where you are now. It's it's like kind of like, fuck you. You know, And and I get that. But especially during our wedding there was so much talk about what she was going to wear and she didn't want to feel matronly, but she hates her arms. And like, there was, I hate that. I know. And it was like killing me. And I was just like, I was like, how you're talking about your body is like so upsetting to me. Like you hate your arms. Like you're, you've compartmentalized yourself in this way. And it's like, these things are good. These things are bad. Like wear whatever the fuck you want that like makes you feel good, you know? And anyway, it's a bit of a rant, but it's just like, I've from I think women of an older generation, too, there's like a lot of that
3: dialogue and it trickles down, obviously. I think it's still very pervasive. Yeah. I mean, I like, I think you hit on something very strong that I see still for like yeah. a lot of the customers that come into the store. And I don't think this is true just of plus size. I think this is for many women across the board is that people feeling like they can't be in a state of permanence in their body. So they don't want to invest in like clothes. It's like, oh, I'll buy that for myself when I get to the size six or whatever. Mm -hmm. And until then I'm going to, you know, purchase whatever, I'm gonna, buy secondhand.
0: Or I'm going to purchase fucking giant sacks that I'll yeah. wear until I feel good in my body. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and it's, it is sad, you know, like we have people who, I have people who get really hung up. I mean, you know how sizing it's true for men too, how sizing can be all up in clothes. Oh, yeah. oh, completely. And so like, you know what you wear in one brand and maybe it's different in another brand, but like I have people who will just be like, I wear a 2X and so they're unwilling to wear the 3X even if the 3X fits them better because it's right. like the Psychology of like not wanting to be a bigger size. Totally. So there's a lot of I think internalized rhetoric that people take with yeah. them. So deep. And I did it for so long. Sure. I mean, I mean, it. I would say I've only really been like in my mind fully liberated for like the last four years.
1: But You showed up here, titties all over the place. So. <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs> she was wearing a
0: modesty yeah.
1: scarf. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Do you have a go-to pep talk for people who? haven't made that transition like or or can you is that even possible to do is it like a power of uh, attraction type of yeah. situation mm.
3: I don't know I think that's really hard you know when I hear people saying you know like derisive or like shitty things about themselves I will usually intervene I tell people especially when people start talking about like diet culture stuff um, things like you know just like a reminder that your weight is not at all associated with your worth. I hate when people do like before and after type things Mm -hmm. and I'm like, listen, it's a, I totally think it's okay to like have weight loss goals and like want to feel good about yourself for your health. Mm -hmm. I think that there's definitely a correlation there for health. And like, I believe that health is most important for people and whatever makes them feel good emotionally, physically, whatever. Um, but I think that it is, um, oppressive and violent those before and after pictures basically infer that like before you didn't look acceptable or Mm. good Mm -hmm. and so when people post them i always say you looked great before and you look good now Mm -hmm. Mm. um to like remind them that like you're no better now than you were then because it creates this like cyclical thing that if you change or you gain weight or whatever that you're unattractive or you're like because you're closer to that other thing so that's one area where I'll step in but I do think generally speaking it's um more attraction not promotion Mm -hmm. so like one of those things it's like you just have to radiate your own joy yeah yeah And hopefully people can find that and see that, too. I only found it through seeing other people. Um, You know, there's this supermodel Tess Holliday. She was Mm -hmm. one of the first people that I saw that I was like, I have a body similar to this person. Yeah. And she's fucking hot. Yeah. And she's really confident. And people like, you know, can see that in her. Yeah. And it was the first time that I saw somebody that I could reflect upon myself and be like, oh, maybe I'm not all these terrible things Mm -hmm. I tell myself. Right. So. Well, I have to tell you that um, my friend, Kim Taylor, who doesn't listen to
0: this podcast because she doesn't really like podcasts, uh, but she's my best friend from college. And she like is obsessed with you and like loves you so much. (laughs) And I think she might have messaged you on Instagram, too. Um, But I, I have seen a shift in her over the past few years, too, just from like, Following you on Instagram, following your boutique, following people like Tess Holiday, like finding people that she can see herself in and like not be fucking ashamed. And like as somebody that loves her so deeply, like it just makes me feel so good that I'm just like, oh, like more of this, please. You know, like put more of this into the world. Yes, Kim. Kim Taylor, <laughs> I'm going to tell her she has to listen to this yes, episode now. She has now. to. Yeah. <laughs> she probably will cuz you're on it. <laughs> Hi Kim. I want to be her best friend now too. <laughs> I know. I keep telling her I'm like you have to come visit. I'm going to take you to plus Brooklyn. So now once you're reopened in February, I'll tell her she has to plan a trip. Yes. Yeah. You
1: know, I I'm I you know what I see in your future, Alexis? I'm <laughs> I'm seeing a TED Talk. <gasps> I'm seeing a TED Talk. When you when you when this business does get off the ground and you do quit your day job, I think there's a I think there's a big message here. And uh, and
3: you're a very good public speaker.
0: You're
1: too.
3: so yeah. nice. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I would totally do a TED talk if they ever want me. Ted. Ted, are you listening? We,
1: well, <laughs> well, you could just do a Wee TED we talk.
2: Wee Ted.
3: <laughs> wee Ted. We Ted. Are you listening? Uh, a, a Wee
1: TED talk is. Wee Ted might you, listen
3: if I make him listen. <laughs>
1: A wee TED talk is when you do a TED talk, but it's only like a minute long because it's wee, it's small, and and, and oh only God. and only wee men is there to watch it. Oh, it's just that's a one. offensive
0: in some way, but it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: anyway, we love you. You're amazing. There's gonna well, be I love so. I, we hope we hope all the young women and boys in this country that need to hear your message hear it, and, and that uh, it
0: is like a global message. Like maybe that your store is just for certain women to have the experience that they deserve to have, but that like the message itself is actually kind of for everyone to fucking yeah. listen up, baby. Yes. Uh, <laughs> any
1: last notes you want to make sure to mention? How can people find you and all that? Oh
3: stuff? yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, follow us on social media at plus BKLYN. It's like the hip way of saying mm-hmm. Brooklyn spelled um, out plus. Yeah. P L U S B K L Y N. That's the same, um, uh, Naming convention that we have on Facebook as well. Okay. Cool. And you can go to www.plusbklyn.com. Cool to see our um site and just i would say stay tuned and follow us one of the things i'm really looking forward to in the new larger bigger better space that we're opening in april is hosting more community events yeah. yes um so this having is in
1: williamsburg brooklyn right yeah
3: in williamsburg brooklyn right off the Lorimer stop on the l train right by where the knitting factory and the kellogg's diner is it's amazing it's so cool yeah Um, and so we're going to, we have a great big space that we hope to use for things like, um, hosting other influencers and, um, writers. And I actually reached out to Roxanne Gay and she responded to me, Roxanne Gay, I am really hopeful to speak at my
0: store. 2019. She's going to speak at your store. Yeah. I think.
3: Yeah. Oh my God.
0: Please put me on the guest list.
1: (laughs) There's about to be a feminist <laughs> fucking fire in this apartment. Oh my
3: god, that's so fucking awesome! Okay, so that anyway, that's how you can find us, and stay tuned because who knows? Maybe you'll get to see Roxanne Gay or some other really cool shit. Totally, yeah. for sure.
1: Well, amazing! Thank you so much, Alexis. Thank we appreciate you, Alexis. Your time. We Thank love
0: you. you. Right. Love you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Maybe that's the ending. It's me being like, bang, bang, bang. bang. <laughs>